1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host for today's show. My name is Julie Rogers-Bascom, and I'm filling in for Amy Muirs, who is here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio. Our show's, show's goal is to explore how young people are using their ideas, their creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are using the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's guests are six fourth graders from Bluff Creek Elementary School in Chanhassen, Minnesota, and their teacher, Anna Edlin. They are here to share their service learning story, how they created a pop-up museum of American Indian objects, and how this project impacted their community. And before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit of the background, and then I'm really excited to introduce these six wonderful young people. One of Minnesota's social studies standards is to understand American Indian history and its impact on Anishinaabe and Dakota people, especially in the areas of education, land ownership, and citizenship. As a way to engage young people in shaping their learning experiences, uh, teacher extraordinaire, Anna Edlin, partnered with her students to create an American Indian objects pop-up museum, not only to learn about the past, but also the present and future of the American Indian in and around their community. Anna and her students created a mobile mobile art installation in their school, brought it to other classrooms to teach other students about it, and then have been asked to share it in other classrooms, schools and other spaces. Most recently, we uh, were so excited to welcome Them at NYLC's National Service Learning Conference held just two weeks ago in Minnesota. And along the way, it's been such an education for me to to listen to the young people and and to hear what they learned. They learned about natural resources. One young person told me that uh, they tackled challenges and they took risks. So, this is a, a, a type of education that's really engaging to young people. I am pleased. welcome this team of young people to tell their story about their project its impact and what they learned from being a part of it fourth graders before we talk about your project I'd really love to hear a little bit more about each of you could you tell us a little bit more about you and there are six wonderful young people and I'm going to ask Jonah to kick us off Jonah
2: Hi, my name is Jonah, and if you knew me, then you would know that I like to practice my cello and play soccer.
1: Oh, great. Thanks, Jonah. Bennett, how about you?
2: Hi, my name is Bennett, and if you knew me,
1: you'd know I like to learn and be active. Enzo, tell us a little bit about you.
3: Hi, my name is Enzo, and if you knew me, I like to talk to friends a lot.
1: So you must be a good friend. Thank you, Enzo. Molly, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Um, well, hello, my name is Molly, and you may be surprised to know that I love to read, and I especially love to read Harry Potter.
1: Harry Potter. Oh, wonderful. Mateo, what about you? Tell us a little bit about you.
2: Hi, my name is Mateo, and if you knew me, you would know that I love to play soccer, and I like playing the guitar.
1: All right, awesome, we've got some musicians and some athletes in our group here. Olive, what about you? My name is
2: Olive
1: and if you knew me, I like to dance and draw. And we've got some artists with us. What a great group to be working on a a project like this. So my first question, I'm gonna ask Molly, what inspired you, Molly, uh, to to do this pop-up museum?
2: Well, so a while ago, um, so COVID took up a lot of our time to do field trips for the last two years. So last year, people from Rapids Lake came to us and they had like these like touch museums, look museums where we could learn about Dakota and Native American culture. And so we decided we could do a pop up museum so that kids in our school could learn a little more about it and, you know, like interact with some stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. I think we learn so much by looking at some of the kinds of things that cultures and, and people, the art that they have created. Olive, why do you think that this museum is important?
2: It's important to learn about other people and um, American Indian culture is alive today and not just
1: the past. Not just in the past. Okay. So it's really, uh, it really talked, told you a little bit about what is happening in the American Indian culture today. That's really cool. Jonah, um, tell us a little bit more. If you can describe the pop up museum. You know, bring, pretend like you're telling, taking us on a tour. If we were to visit your pop-up museum, what would we see?
2: So there is a look museum and there is a shield. And then there is a touch museum. I am going to be explaining the look museum. We used an empty classroom to make the look museum. The look museum is a part of the pop-up museum that revolves around four tables. And across the four tables, with four green tablecloths picture of an artifact along with the description on a sheet for people to read. Then the real object was behind the sheet for them to look at.
1: Okay, so they could actually like walk through it and see these objects uh, so they could learn about them. That's fairly cool. Bennett, could you talk to us a little bit about the Midewakanton shield and why this was important in your museum?
2: Yes, each symbol of the Shakopee Midewakanton Seuss. Community shield represents, represents an aspect of middle Dakota culture. The sacred pipe, or kanupa, communication, represents communication between man and a higher power, truth and balance. Uh, the pipe was smoked in thanks for everyone being together. The teepee means Dakota. It's a Dakota word for dwelling. It represents home, family, extended family, and council. The bison skull. It gives completely of itself for others. It represents its presence in many rituals. It reminds us to be generous and self-sacrificing. The arrowhead and axe is a traditional tool used to protect and provide for people. It represents bravery. The seven feathers can be found on the middle archetin shield. It represents the Oseti. Sakowin, the seven council fires, the seven council, the seven council makes the great Seuss Nation.
1: Bennett, you sure know your uh, artifacts or or objects. That's really very, very interesting. Thank you. Enzo, who visited the museum at Bluff Creek?
3: Our whole school, um, kindergarten through fifth grade, visited, um, which is about 500 kids plus staff.
1: So the, the classrooms and so they could come and look at this uh exhibit, this museum, huh? That's yes. cool. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Um, what about other schools in your district? Were there uh, other people? I know that there's uh some other schools, other elementary schools. Tell us about that. Yeah,
2: um there were over four thousand people that came to the um, pop-up museum. There were eight elementary schools in our district, one middle school and one high school that they're gonna
1: get to go to like next week. Oh, so it's, re- it's really a traveling show, not yeah. only just a pop-up, but it's a traveling show. Um, Mateo, uh, I'm wondering if you all have some other opportunities beyond the schools where you've had a chance to, to show your museum.
2: Um, we had a lot of opportunities just with this pop museum, like some kids got to go to the NYLC conference, which is an event that highlights and promotes service learning as a way of teaching and learning that builds academics and citizenship skills on our new communities. And the kids that went to the NYLC conference are also going to school board meetings.
1: Oh, so you're actually going to go to the school board to demonstrate the kinds of work that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so just, this is a question I'm going to ask uh, uh, one person. I'm going to ask Jonah, what did you learn about yourself during this project?
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. LC.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your face.
4: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit NYLC.org. Now back to the show. Well, welcome back to the power of young people to change the world.
1: I'm Julie Rogers Bascom, standing in for Amy Muirs. And today I welcome part of the fourth grade team from Bluff Creek Elementary in Chen Minnesota, who curated an American Indian Objects pop up museum for their school and for others. We heard from them in the last segment that they're actually going on the road with this show. Before break, we were talking about some of the specifics of this project, and I have lots of questions about it, as I'm sure those of you who are listening do too. Uh, I'd like to start off, Molly, where did the pieces, these objects, these really important objects come from that you used in the museum?
2: Um, so these, okay, so Ms. Wilcox, our art teacher, and Mrs. Perales, a media specialist, American Indian Advisory Council worked with the owners of Shakopee Trading Post, which is a place where we got all these Dakota artifacts, and, and it's run by two um, Dakota women.
1: So these are actual artifacts that yeah. uh, uh, have been used. Okay, very interesting. And, and Jonah, what type of research did you do to get an idea of how to create the museum? Um,
2: So we had to use this um, website, which was... um. The Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian website, which kind of talked a little bit about each artifact and stuff.
1: Okay, so you were really, you were using primary resources. Uh, uh, note out there to our listeners, these are fourth graders who are doing this kind of research. I really believe that the young people have, are showing amazing um, investigation skills, which is really one of the most important steps in a service learning project. It's the process along the way. So uh, Bennett, tell me, uh, you've been calling yourself curators, and that's what your teacher and I have been referring to you as, as curators. What What does that mean to be a curator, Bennett?
2: Well, I was thinking about the word curator, and something popped in my head. And I noticed that curator sounds a lot like curiosity.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. And Enzo, so, do you have anything else that you'd like
3: to say about what it means to be a curator? Uh, yes, I have the definition. The definition, um, curators arrange displays of a collection uh, and interpret the collection in order to inform education and inspire the public.
1: So you all played this really important role in bringing together all these artifacts, but not just bringing them together, but really to share, to inform, to educate and inspire the public. That's what what, uh, museums do. I mean, really um, uh, brick and mortar, real standing there, those standalone museums. That's what they do too. Olive, what was the process you used to document the objects and the art? We um use
3: photography
2: and photography. So um, what, how we set it up was we took a table, we put it up, with, um, like just set it up. We took a um a whiteboard, we leaned it against the table, and then we had this black cloth. So we just put it over the whiteboard. And we put in the object that we were taking of um on it. So then we um that so we I took an iPad and I took a picture of it. So the first time I didn't really get it. So the second time I got it and I needed to concentrate it on the
1: picture. Well, talk about skills that you're developing through that process, you know, and sometimes when we try something, the first the first uh, try doesn't work out. So good for you for keeping at it, at it and building that stick to it muscle. Um, Molly, um, I know that you were involved in some of the writing. So tell us a little bit about what you wrote and why you wrote it.
2: Um, okay, so we all had like these specific objects. I think that were special to us. Um, and with the objects, we really just like, Looked at the objects. We wrote down things that we noticed, things that like we felt about it, and how it like. So so how the yeah. the uh, sorry um, the, and it, it was so it was made from natural resources. Things like paint, like on the drum. There are there's a drum that's painted, and the paint is made from like flowers and leaves and some of them have leather on them, which comes from animals. The fur comes from animals because um, they use all of the parts of an animal when they, you know,
1: hunt it. Well, you really learned a lot about what uh, a Native American's life was like. Thank you. Mateo, did you do something with, uh, did you create another way to document? There was writing, photography, what else? what might you have done to help tell the story?
2: Um, we all worked together to make a slideshow. It goes and like all of it, um, we did the photograph stuff and we like descriptions and stuff like
1: Molly said. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm gonna ask you another question, Mateo. I, I, I really hope that we can get through all six of you too. I understand that natural resources were a focus of your work. Can you describe one of those objects that you used in your pop-up museum that had a special meaning to you and how natural resources were used to create it? Mateo, let's start with you.
2: Um, the hummingbird drum was um, something that we used and it was used for uh, Native American music. Um, the drum, it has a uh, wool felt and um, covering tied into a wooden stick, um, rope, and the drum is a red painted wood loop covered in black painted animal hide, hide with um a painted hummingbird mm-hmm. and flowers, and the drum is used to bring balance and renewal to a person, though participation in dancing, singing, or listening to the heartbeat.
1: So this was an object that was used in special ceremonies. That's great. Thank you, Mateo. How about you, Molly? What did you, what object was important to you?
2: Well, my favorite object to photograph and the one that was important to me was the turtle shell because I love turtles and animals. And turtle shells served as more than food source for many Native American tribes throughout North America. In fact, turtle cells were actually used as rattles and other news instruments.
1: Hmm, that's really interesting. Jonah, what about you, Jonah?
2: Um, so an object that was really special to me was the porcupine necklace. The porcupine necklace is important for me for many reasons. The porcupine necklace is made up of, by strong quills from a protective porcupine which makes me think that the porcupine necklace means protector. It is a circle of four sections and an X in the middle of the circle. It has a beaded string of yellow, red, gold, peach, and navy green. All of the beads are naturally done.
1: You know, that's that's really interesting because it's, it's really um, often a lot about symbols. And you're talking about how it made you feel that it was about um, strength. It was about um, power and and strength. I really appreciate that. Enzo, tell us about uh, an object in this uh, museum that was special to you.
3: Um, I picked the sweet grass because it smells really good. And sweet grass was used for prayers, smudging, or purifying. You can find sweet grass by moist ground on shores, meadows, and no prairies. It is the sacred plant to the Native Americans.
1: Okay, Bennett, thank you. Thank you so much. Nice explanation, Enzo. Bennett, can you tell me what what object was important to you?
2: So an object that was important to me was a pouch. And it was made of leather, cloth, like, yeah, and then -hmm. beads that were white and blue. And it's really cool to me because it the middle reminds me of a snowflake and a flower at the same time. It's also Hmm. it's also cool to see how they use natural resources to make it.
1: So all of these again, um, all of these objects were made with natural resources, so it sounds like you learned a lot about that. Olive, how about how about you? What are your thoughts?
2: oh for my object i did the buffalo drum so, um travis hardened white buffalo shield this de- this decorated drum has a buffalo design painted on an animal hive there is red and green wool fabric wrapped right around the top of the drum with brass beaded decorations There is sweet grass braided attached to the top of the drum, and large brass belt and mirror attached to the bottom.
3: Travis Harden is Blue Chunk
2: Lakota from Eagle Butte, South Dakota, and also spent quite a bit of time in Alaska.
1: Very cool. Um, I'm also I'm going to stay with me on this next question, Olive, because I'm wondering. During this project, you made, you all made interesting connections with these objects, but you also made an interesting connection with the new director of the National Museum of the American Indian. What did you learn, Olive?
2: Cynthia Travis Lamar has been named director of the National Museum of the American Indian, becoming the first Native woman to leave the museum. Travis Lamar is of Hopi, Navajo, and Tewa descent. I I don't see this as something that I have achieved on my own. Travis Lamar told the New York Times, There are many Natives and Indigenous peoples before me who struggled to ensure that our stories as Native people were heard
1: think that's really interesting that you that that is uh the uh, fact that you're sharing with us because i think you all have talked to me a little bit and we'll get into that in the next in the next section um that, that it's important to ask people who are part of objects or part of words that they they um share their stories and share their opinions and their ideas and so i'm wondering um if you could tell us a little about a little bit about organizing the curator note cards and writing the letter that okay. you uh, yeah. Go ahead, Anto.
3: Okay. So first everyone wrote down questions on note cards. Then we organized them or then we organized the cards by which ones made sense to go together. Then I showed them to Miss Edland and handed her or then handed them to her one by one so she could type. Owen, he's a really good artist, and drew a lion on the envelope because that's
1: our mascot for this. Our lion. All right. So you sent this letter off to um, to uh, Dr. Lamar Chavez, and has she uh, responded back yet to you? Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Well, let make sure and let us know when that happens. Well because we, I know that there's some people on, this call, on the radio listening to you that will wanna know what she had to say. We're gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with this fabulous group of fourth graders from an elementary school in the Eastern Carver County School District, just outside of Minneapolis, along with their teacher, Anna Edlin. We've been learning about their project, a pop-up museum, and how they're sharing knowledge about American Indian artifacts with the rest of their community. So stay with me, Julie Rogers Bascom on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: To learn more today.
4: Follow us on Twitter for more
2: great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muir. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome
1: back everyone, it's Julie Rogers Bascom and I'm having way too much fun talking with a group of fourth grade curators from Bluff Creek Elementary School in Chanhassen, Minnesota about their project, an American Indian Objects Pop-Up Museum. In this next segment, I'd like to hear from our guests about some of the challenges they faced as they worked on this project, their hopes for their future, and maybe some of the things they learned during the process. I really believe that service learning is one of the ways that we can engage young people in real world issues. And through the process of service learning, we tap into all sorts of learning for young people, 21st century skill building, exposure to key careers, opportunities to find a student's skills, talents, and interests the skills learned through service learning are most definitely transferable to future life experiences. And I'm excited to hear more from this, from these young problem solvers. I'm gonna start with uh, Jonah. Jonah, what were some challenges that you encountered?
2: Um, So some of our challenges were, um, what should be called museum? So, um, Arna is Indian American and This is some of her thoughts that she thinks about what we should call it. It is frustrating when people think I am American Indian when I am from India, because it feels to me that people do not think that India is a place. What I was thinking the language could be more clear, I think that Indian Americans and American Indians should get together and decide what we want to be called we are two different cultures and I want other people to know who I am. So we learned it is best to ask
1: the person you were speaking with how they would like to be addressed. Boy, that's that's number one, that's an important message to include other voices in some of the work that we do. But I also think it's a demonstration of of the importance of investigation and trying to, um, um, understand these I- issues, ask really good questions. I really, hats off, to, hats off to you. Does anybody else wanna add into some of the challenges that you encountered? Any other challenges? Um, I, I, I have a question here. You also made a little video to share along with the exhibit. What do children, tell us about the video, what's it called? And what does honorable harvest mean, Mateo? Would you like to, to share a little bit about the honorable harvest video? Um, yeah, the
2: honorable harvest video is where we say uh, uh, scripted words that mm-hmm. are that tell about what the honorable harvest is, and all of us are
4: gonna do the honorable harvest. So, Mateo, did you want to um, tell what the words are to explain the Honorable Harvest? Okay, and then we can join in with you afterward. Go ahead.
2: Um, This is the earth. Take what you need. Use what you take to eat, make clothing, build shelter, and return to the earth to become part of the cycle again
1: so that's your honor so it's a, it's like a poem but you all say it together don't you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes could you could you all say it together right yeah. now yeah yes. and everyone
2: all the listeners can also say it with us i love it
1: thank you go ahead
3: this is earth. take what you need use what you take to meet make clothing
4: build shelter
2: and, and return
1: it back to, to the earth to become our society. Well, so not only is your pop-up museum an important educational aspect where people learn about native communities and native traditions, but also what a powerful message to say, you know, take what you need. I love that 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 it's the first sentence. Now I, I'd like to switch to um, some of your hopes and 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 why you have that hope, Olive. Can you tell me what you what you've learned about this project and what you hope will um, what your hopes are for other young people, Olive? I hope I hope that um, to, be kinder, to be kind to to be kind
2: and not to be a bully to American Indians. And what I learned is that um, to be respectful to other people
1: and
2: not to those. Don't
1: judge them. It's really important at, at in the fourth grade to understand that. That's great. Thank you so much. Mateo, what about you?
2: Um, my hope is that Native people will be known not just in America, but all around the world, and that they will be appreciated just as much as any other people.
1: Thank you. And, and Bennett, I'd love to hear from you.
2: I hope that Native Americans will be appreciated everywhere. Mm. Molly. My hope is for Americans to understand more about the American Indian culture and that they will be more
1: respect respected in America. Mm. And and I'd love to hear from Enzo.
3: What I hope is that people will find more ways to help Native Americans. I also um want people to make this world a better place.
1: Well, and I think Enzo, you and your friends are doing just that. Jonah, wrap us up with this question. What are your thoughts?
2: I hope that no matter what your race is, we can all do amazing things and make a difference in our world.
1: Well, you again. You all are doing just that. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into kind of a tougher question, and be and we were talking about this before we got started. I'm. I'm wondering what you learned about yourself during this whole process. Because I think it's um, it's one thing to do the project, but I think you've been doing a lot of reflection, and you've probably learned a lot about yourself. So Jonah, would you like to ta- share with us what you learned about yourself through this project? I learned about myself
2: that once I get into a project, it starts getting really exciting about everything. And that once I'm done with this one thing, I always feel like I want there to be more about that thing so I can keep on working with it.
1: Hmm. So you really, that this process really helped you learn some of those life skills. That's really important. Great, thank you, Jonah. Bennett, how about you? What are your thoughts?
4: Why is
1: this think, type of work important? I
2: think that it teaches people to be independent on what they work on and give them choice
1: to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important. Enzo, what about you? What did you learn about yourself during this process?
3: Um, I learned that um, I can do stuff that I never thought I would be able to. And, and it wouldn't have all came true if Miss Or, er, um, if Mrs. Edlin had helped me.
1: So we're talking about youth-adult partnerships and the importance of the of caring adults in your life. Thank you. Molly, what about you? What did you learn about yourself during this process?
2: Well, at the first, I was really excited. It was really cool that we were getting to come and photograph and write about all these stuff. And um, I have a lot of anxiety about so I was really scared and didn't want to do the podcast at first. But um, everyone showed me that I would be really good at it, so I decided to take more risks and do it. I also...
3: Um, um, i pretty proud
2: of you.
1: Yeah. We're all proud of you. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. That's great, Molly. I think taking risks and sometimes even admitting that you're taking risks is really brave so hats off to you mateo what about you what did you learn about yourself during this uh, project
2: um i learned that um like everyone isn't good in everything and that some things can take a lot of work
1: mm-hmm. And sometimes there's work still to be done. That yeah, I want yeah, you to think about that question because I'm going to circle back if we have a few minutes before in this section because I'm wondering what kind of things still need to be done, Olive. But I want to get to you. What did you learn about yourself during uh, this project?
3: Practicing a,
2: um, about taking the ph- photos about um, uh, um, taking photos of the objects that we were. Um, we were talking about, and it was a lot of practice, and I was kind of getting frustrated, but I still kept going.
1: Mm-hmm. That's important, working that uh, tenacity muscle, sort of working towards uh, getting something done. Sometimes you meet, you have barriers. Does anybody, and this question was not in the questions that we thought of before our time, but does anybody have a sense? or an idea of what still needs to be done. And maybe Ms. Edlin if you can call on anybody who has who might want to answer. Anybody have an idea of other things that need to still need to be done? Yeah, how about you Anna? Do you have any ideas on where this project can go next? What what else can can
4: come from this? Sure. Well, it's interesting you ask that question because I haven't had a chance to talk with the curators and share this with them. But today we received uh, an email from the middle school and they would like to have a meeting about how the middle school students could do something similar, uh, maybe focusing on, there's a lot of excitement in the room right now, focusing on uh, another culture so that we can learn about cultures through the children. And so uh, I think it's wonderful that their, their work has not only, shared about the uh, Native American culture, but also about the power of what children are are capable of accomplishing. And that's really spoken volumes. Um, So very proud of them and excited about the future.
1: Oh, and I can tell by just listening to their their responses and their answers in, in our conversation today that this really fueled this really did fuel their excitement about learning. So in our next section, we're going to talk a little bit more with Anna Edland. So we need we do need to take one last short break. And when we come back, we'll get some final reflections uh, from Anna Edland. So stay with me, Julie Rogers Bascom on the power of young people to change the world. Remember, you can follow the show this show on social media at n-y-l-c-o-r-g or find us on the web at NYLC.org. We have lots of resources to support your next step in service learning if you're an adult looking to get started in doing an experience like this. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa,
2: Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn
0: lc.org to learn more today.
2: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. Voiceamericaempowerment.com.
0: listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show
1: welcome back to the show the power of young people to change the world my name is julie rogers bascom i'm standing in for amy muirs and in our last few minutes we're going to be talking with Anna Edlins, uh, this amazing teacher at Bluff Creek Elementary School in Shenhasson, Minnesota. We're proud to have awarded Anna this year's uh, the Service Learning Practitioner Leadership Award. This award recognizes practitioners who have equipped young people to lead and serve, as we have heard in this the last three segments, both through their direct service learning instruction with youth and by nurturing other practitioners, other teachers in and out of the classroom to to use service learning and expand their service learning skills and knowledge. Each year, this award is presented to a teacher or community member who who has created a living legacy through service learning practice. Anna is deserving and an inspiration to those around her, students, other teachers and district leaders Anna, I'd love to hear more about your hopes for uh, for young people and the teachers who are interested in using service learning in their classrooms uh, or in out-of-school proming. And I'd hope that we can get some pearls of wisdom, some advice to getting started in service learning. So first of all, Anna, what was your goal? What were you thinking that you wanted students to learn or be able to do?
4: Sure. Well... Uh, service learning always starts with an authentic need, <laughs> and our authentic need in education right now is that as teachers, um, we are very dedicated to doing our best job. We're also very stretched right now, and I knew that I wanted to um, use the resources that a team of collaborators in our district had worked together to um, to purchase but I wasn't sure where was the time going to come from and how would this frame, how could I build a framework that would be honoring of classroom time um, feasible to accomplish? And I had to go back to my my gold standard, which is, hey, how can a kid help with this? And so that's how the exhibit um, began this year is, hey, we can get the kids investigating this. We can do it during school time, incorporate standards, and it's going to be more meaningful all the way around for the kids, for the staff, um, and uh, for the communities that came together to support the work, so.
1: You know, one of the things that um, I often talk about is that uh, service learning, there are outcomes for a service learning process. It's not just the project. Through that project, through that process of service learning, that's where young people... Uh, meet standards. That's where they develop their, their voice. So um, wh- one of school's goals, one of any school's goals is really to prepare youth for their future. How did this project and others that I know that you have done, how did it help young people become prepared for their future? So,
4: uh, you know, this question kind of answered itself the other day when one of the fifth graders walked into the Spark Lab, which is what we refer to as our, our learning space, or our classroom. And he came in and he was a bit frustrated. And he said, you know, I really think our education system is flawed. I said, oh, and the typical teacher response, I hope, you know, that we use is tell me more about that. And he said, well, you know, in the real world, all these subjects, math and science and technology and reading, they all go together. um, He said, but school separates them. And uh, he said, but I had him write this down. It gets kids less and less ready for what's true. (laughs) And that's a true story. And uh, so I, I think they really enjoy those connections and seeing how everything is interrelated. And he you know, spoke to answer your question. It's bringing those subject matters together, all that multiple intelligence, seeing the gifts in other people that maybe aren't always obvious in, in the classroom. And that's how we survive as a society, is really listening, learning about each other, and uh, working collaboratively built on one another's strengths rather than deficits. So,
1: well, what a world we would have, huh? I know that you've been using service learning in your classroom for uh for a while now why do you use service learning
4: what's in it for you what's it what's in it for me well uh i was speaking to one of our parents in the parent pickup line and she was thanking me and i said oh i don't know i think it's pretty selfish because this is what brings my ultimate joy and bliss in life is to see children uh just light up with discovery of their own gifts that weren't apparent to them and seeing teachers light up with seeing what kids are capable of. And uh, that is uh, kind of my, my what brings life to me. And so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for, for being a part of each and every one of these projects.
1: So uh, this might be a good time at the uh, service learning conference, you told a, a wonderful story around about a prism is that something that you could share with our listeners today? You had a, you had this one, we were all seated as tables and you were um, re- reflecting on the, uh, the award and uh, you had put these little prisms on the, on the table for each one of us to have. Tell us the story behind that.
4: Well, I love to tell the story, but it takes us outside the school walls a bit to uh, downtown Carver, which is uh, my hometown. And 20 years ago, uh, we were really looking for something for our youth. We are right on the edge, our town is right on the edge of uh, wealthy suburbs and just long stretches of farm fields. So right there is as the suburbs begin um, to move westward and the town has a two block main street, well, 20 years ago, a two block main street and not a lot to offer kids and families. So what were we going to do? And um, I had peeked inside the window of a store. It was an empty storefront for rent. And all of a sudden, wow, I thought all of these different passion areas in my life come together. We could use this space and turn it into a place for kids and families. So it was the historic funk bank became Funky Minds. And (laughs) Uh, funky Minds. People always wonder where it comes from. Well, uh, funk, I, I guess, also uh, can mean to sparkle, but that gets a little ahead of the story. So this empty storefront was transformed by the children of the community into everything of their imagination that they wished that we had in our town. So it became an ice cream shop, an art gallery, a science museum, Um a newspaper office, just one thing after another that the kids craved having, and they created it themselves. So if it was a children's museum, they created the little centers and then invited all the other kids into the storefront. Um, So really that's where the pop-up museum came from, just doing it in the classroom instead of a storefront, downtown Carver. So through all of these adventures, there in the window was a rainbow maker. And a rainbow maker has a solar panel, gears, and a prism. And when the sun hits that solar panel just right, the gears begin to turn, and so does the prism, and rainbows dance all over the inside of the building. In our case, that meant across the tile floors, across the old bank vault, the bookshelves, and of course, these beautiful children who are transforming their own community. And that's when I began thinking of children as prisms. So, fast forward. I'm talking with a third grader. She's on our plant patrol. We push plants around the school to to bring some joy to people. And so I I said, I'm a little nervous. I have to give this speech at this national conference. And she said, well, you can practice on me and I'll give you some feedback. And, um, And so I did. And I said, I thought I would speak about children as prisms. And she said, catching her eye with mine, Oh, I think I understand, she said. You surround us with opportunities and then we see which ones make us sparkle. And there we have it, a third grader understanding that children are prisms and you can choose either to look directly through them or you can surround them with opportunity and let them catch the light just right and see them sparkle. So that is the story of how I think of children as prisms. And when you get many prisms together, shining with opportunity, well, that is just stunning. And that's how I think of NYLC. NYLC is inviting all of these beautiful children, all the people who support them, surround them with opportunity. And what a beautiful world and what a beautiful vision of these children, stunning, sparkling in an amazing dance of life. So that's the story.
1: Anna thank you
4: so much
1: for sharing that story it brings tears to my eyes when i hear it again and i feel so honored to have you join us today to tell the story of of the prism but also to to shepherd your young people so we can hear directly from them those of you who maybe are tuning in and you didn't catch the full show or hear last week's show, I encourage you to check out the podcast. You can download it on the Voice America show page or find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or any of those places you get your podcasts. And if you're looking for resources, um, check out nylc.org. Lots of resources for you to start your service learning practice and your journey. Um, Next week, we'll have another great episode. Again, young people demonstrating how they have the power to change the world. So mark your calendars for Thursday at 5 p.m. Central or 6 p.m. Eastern. And remember to join us as we serve, learn, and change the world. Thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world your host amy muir's will return for another program next thursday at 3 p.m pacific time and 6 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel together we'll serve learn change the world